One of the greatest gifts of this life is being able to see yourself in someone else's story. So let's go back to the basics of what makes us all human. My name is David Elm, and this is Groundwork. Hey everyone, welcome back to Groundwork. Before we get started, I just want to take a moment to thank you all so, so much for the support on the first episode. It's such a good feeling when you work so hard on something and finally get to share it with the world. And it's an even better feeling when the world receives it very well. So thank you for all of the positive reviews. I got message after message, comment after comment of people that are really excited about this. And that makes me more excited to make it now. So I'm very, very stoked for the future of this podcast. This episode is going to be special to me for two reasons. One, this episode is my first interview for the show. And two, the guest I will be interviewing is my sister, Lindsay. She's a singer, songwriter, worship leader, administrator, and she got the amazing opportunity to be on season nine of The Voice. I wanted to feature her on the podcast and have her share her story about discovering her musical gifting, as well as how she handled the pressure of being on a national television show. Without further ado, here is my interview with my sister, Lindsay Elm. All right, we're on. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, David. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with my sister. This is the coolest thing ever because we're great friends. And we are. We are siblings, but we're also best friends. So it's really cool to be interviewing you right now. I pretty much know everything about you already, but <laughs> I'm excited to ask you questions that maybe I've never asked before and get your insights on a couple of things. Yeah, I'm so excited. And thank you for having me as your first guest on Groundwork. Of and course. I have to say I'm so proud of you and excited to see where this podcast can go. Oh, we just start crying. Oh, we just start <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's start with this. So I already shared a little brief description of you in the intro of yes. this episode, but I want to hear who you are through how you describe yourself. So, Lindsay, who are you? I love that question. And there's so many different ways you can answer it. But I think the best way I could describe myself is I'm a creative but I'm also very type A, so I operate in both realms of my brain. Probably default more type A administrative, but love to be creative, love to take risks, and I would say I'm an adventurer, love to step out and try new things. Um, I'm a dreamer, I'm an encourager, and I would say that I'm a champion of people. I would have to agree. Oh, thank you so much. If you know Lindsay in real life, you know that she is just... So amazing. Like there's just so many things you could go on and on. I could go on and on oh, about you. Stop. But um stop. Lindsay is one of those people that when you're with her, she really is with you, if that makes sense. Mm. In this world of social media and distractions and phones and texting and all this stuff, Lindsay's very intentional and mm -hmm. is very invested in every conversation. And you don't view people as an interruption. You view people as the main thing, mm. which is a lot like Jesus, which is just so rad. Uh, growing up, we both tried a lot of different sports. Uh, you were generally more interested in athletics than I was. So I want to know, what was your favorite sport you played? And also, what was your least favorite sport you played? Love it. My favorite sport was basketball, hands down. And it still is. Uh, it's the sport I played the longest. I played from fifth grade till my senior year of high school. Loved it so much. And I still love to play. Love to go out, shoot around, and play pickup anytime I can. So basketball has definitely been my first love and my pride and joy. Still watch the Warriors and am an avid sports fan in general, but basketball for sure. And then my least favorite sport, 
Now I consider this a sport and it totally is because it takes technique and form and strength and grace. Uh, but my least favorite was ballet. And I remember <laughs> mom, mom, bless her soul, tried to take me to a ballet class. I was probably two or three. And so it was a local ballet company in town and you know, she wanted her daughter to be this girly girl. And so she brings me into the ballet studio. And I remember walking in. I vividly remember this. I was so young, but I remember I walked in and I took one look at the, what are they called? Oh, the leotards and the ballet slippers. <laughs> and I said, absolutely not. And I legit walked. I ran, actually. Wow. I ran as a little two, three-year-old out of the building. And I was like, no, mommy, no, I don't want to go. I remember mom, I think our grandma memo was with us at the time. And so they both ran out after me and I said, I don't want to do ballet. So I vividly remember that experience and uh, played soccer and basketball from there. So it was never a girly girl growing up for sure. You would rather get your shin kicked in <laughs> soccer than wear a tutu. Also something that people probably know about you if they've like heard your story before um, is that you're also a very academic person. Uh, you actually graduated summa cum laude from Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, which is a great school. And for those who don't know what summa cum laude means, like myself, because I'm not college educated, um, I've obviously learned what it meant when Lindsay got the award. It means she was at the top of her class and had a cumulative GPA of, what was your GPA? I think it was 3.83 or 4. Uh, that's so good. Thanks. Uh, you majored in kinesiology, which again, I had no idea what that was when you uh, majored in it, but it's the study of human movement. So it was a lot of like anatomy and science and biology and athletic type things. During that time, you learned guitar and you began to step out in singing. Can you tell us how it felt discovering these new gifts and passions while on a very specific four year university track? Yeah, definitely. It was really cool because it was mirroring a lot of passions in the one time of my life. And I think it's so apparent that you can step into new talents and giftings at different seasons of your life. So where I had always loved music and loved singing, but didn't have the confidence to sing in front of people yet until I got older or didn't know how to play guitar until late high school, early college. And so it's cool that as you're going I might be going to school for one thing and loving that because the athletic side was definitely something I was passionate about early on in life and wanted to see where it could go. But then music was kind of this thing that was dormant because I was focusing so much on basketball or athletics in school. It was weird though, because it was definitely a, a dichotomy of, I felt, you know, you go in for one thing, kinesiology for school. And, you know, I, I love athletics and health and wellness. And I'm still very passionate about that, but it's weird when you go into one track and all of a sudden this other thing starts popping up and you go, wait, what? Like, what's going on? You know, I thought this was the track that I was going to go down. I thought this was my path. And but it's hard at 17, 18 years old. How are you supposed to know exactly what you want to do? You don't No, you at don't. all. And that's funny. You should mention that because I think something important to note is that both of them have been useful in your life. Yes. The academic side and the musical side. And even like with your current job, it's a lot of administration, a lot of organization. And I don't know if, if you were just picking up a guitar and trying to gig around town, if you would have gotten those same life lessons of running your own music career and then running a whole organizational side of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like really helpful that you had both sides. And people ask me, I've, I've gotten the question before. People have asked me, should I drop out of college and move to L.A. to pursue my dream? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I moved to LA after high school and I didn't go down the college route. And 
I say, I'm like, well, you're getting an experience that I never got. You're getting these hands-on skills at school that are valuable. And I'm not saying what they should do either way. It's just not seeing the value in where you're currently at because it's not where you want to be. I think is dangerous. I think there can be a value in where am I right now? Where does God have me right now? That's where you were in college. You're like, I'm going to finish out strong. I'm not just going to drop out and become a musician, even though you had this new passion brewing. You stuck it out. You finished something. And then you were allowed to step on a cool platform to pursue that new passion. I don't regret going to college or majoring in kinesiology one bit. Um, When you go to college or in you're in a university, you're not just getting your degree. You're getting life experience. And I became who I am today through those years. And they were so formative formative and challenging and so good. And I feel like I grew into my own. So I don't regret going to school for that. And I love that a new passion arose in me. Your life story and your life experiences, everything that happens, you know, leads up to your moment that you're in right now. So all of the skills, all of the tools, everything that I learned in high school through athletics and then through Cal Poly and going to school, all of that has led me to this moment. And so I don't take anything for granted and I don't regret the experiences that I've had that lead me to this point. A big formative group for me in college that really helped me awaken that musical gifting or be encouraged in it was my Bible study. So I was involved in an amazing Bible study at Cal Poly, amazing group of girls that every time we would meet, you know, sometimes we would have worship nights and different things and they would be, oh, Lindsay, bring your guitar. Can you come? Can you lead us in worship? Can you play? And we would have Bible study and we would sit around after for like an hour, an hour and a half and just play songs and all sing together. And so, and so they encouraged me to step out. And I think being able to play in that smaller setting first really gave me that confidence to be able to step out a little bit more and a little bit more. And I think that's important to know because you can discover a passion by yourself, but passion isn't sustained alone. Mm. Passion is fueled in community and with people that are going to champion you and stand alongside you, encourage you, critique you when necessary, but all in all are just going to support you and want the best for you. Yes. That's so good. You totally discover more about yourself and, and what God has called you to do by being in community and people see things in you that you don't see in yourself, or maybe you don't have the confidence to see in yourself yet. It's so amazing when you have people around you that can say, you're good at this and you need to step out on this. And this is what you were born to do. This is what you were put on this earth to do. So go do it. And we'll be behind you 100% of the way. Yeah, I love that. Um, So a lot happened between the early days of your music passion to now, obviously. But I'm going to just dive into what most people probably want to hear about, which is your experience on The Voice. Yes, definitely. So you submit for the show uh, sort of on a whim, right? Totally. I made a profile online, put a couple videos up there, sent it in and honestly forgot about it because basically I sent it in around October and the audition that I had at first wasn't going to happen until end of January. So at that time you were living down in LA and I thought, well, I'll just make a weekend out of it and go down, visit my brother, go to this audition process. And if anything, if anything happens or if nothing happens, I'll just say, Hey, at least I did it. And I can cross that off my list. So a couple weeks later, I got that email from one of the producers or a casting person, and they invited me to an audition in San Francisco. And at first I was going, wait, what? I remember getting that email. I was walking out the door to go to a 1975 concert. And I looked at my, my email and my it felt like my jaw hit the floor. I went, 
what? No. Okay. I totally forgot about this, but this is actually happening. This is a process that I might be involved in. And so at first it was, it was definitely that first little confirmation that I had, but then it was like instant nerves of going, okay, now I have to prepare for this and I have to kind of get into artist mode, which I had never done before. So now thinking of myself as an artist and thinking, okay, what song should I do and what should you wear? And there's all these things that go into it. So, but such a cool first moment for me. And it was definitely the beginning of this voice journey. Absolutely. The audition process for The Voice is obviously really long and intricate and complicated. So I'll spare you having to explain everything just for the sake of time. But let's talk about the blind audition and that whole process. So once we knew you were getting on the show, I remember I was freaking out because at the time I was working at Universal Studios as a tour guide. So I would give the tours at Universal on the lot, point to stage 12 and say, that's where they filmed The Voice and know inside that you were going to be on the show. It was the craziest feeling. So what was your mindset going into the show? Because at this point, you know, you're probably going to be on TV. <laughs> it's more real than ever at this point. What was your mindset going into it? Were you focused on winning the show? Were you focused on, you know, just learning as much as you could? Tell me a little bit about your mindset. Yeah, definitely. I think for me going into this process, I mean, of course, the the end all be all goal is to win. You want to be number one. And I've always wanted to be the best that I could be. I mean, David jokes that you need to get someone that cares about you as much as Lindsay cares about the rules of a game because <laughs> so I'm true. so competitive and want to win. So, of course, that was kind of the icing on the cake, per se. It would have been awesome. But for me, going into this whole process, I knew just how unpredictable and how crazy the odds were, even to be at this point. So I think perspective is key in any situation. And so going into this process, I prayed at the very beginning, God, keep me here as long as you need me here. And then as soon as my time is done on, on this show, on this process, however far I make it, just let me know and I'll move on and, and continue on and then take me out of it. The day of the blind audition, you're about to step on stage in front of four coaches that you look up to musically. What's going through your mind? So many things. I think because you prepare for your blind audition for so long, you're down in LA for weeks and you're prepping this minute and a half song for three and a half weeks. So at this point I was just ready. I was ready to know, am I moving forward in this process or not? Because I had been in limbo and unpredictability for so long. They go from thousands upon thousands of people that they're auditioning and narrow it down to such a small group. I mean, only 48 people make teams on one season of The Voice, and then it narrows down from there all the way to one. For me, because of how my blind audition was, I knew I just need to get through the first eight seconds because I was starting the song. It was just my guitar and my voice. And then the band came in after I finished that little intro of Lips Are Moving. So I remember walking up the steps and when the door opened, I kind of just floated. I don't really remember walking. <laughs> I just kind of floated out there and it's kind of just, it's now or never. This is a train that I am on and it is going for 90 <laughs> seconds, whether I like it or not. So got through that intro and I remember Gwen hit her button first. And so at that moment, big sigh of relief. Thank God. Got one. And then I decided, okay, now I can just have fun because I know I'm guaranteed. So as those buttons started to push, it was almost this just unbelievable moment of going, what is even happening right now? Let's fast forward to your life today. So you were on The Voice over three years ago, and it's still such a big part of your life and who you are. It made a big impact on you. What was the biggest takeaway from that whole experience that really impacted you for where you're at now? 
for me personally, it was confidence and just assurance in what I've been given and what I need to do. And I don't feel fully satisfied or a hundred percent fulfilled unless I'm doing what I'm passionate about. And I think for anybody that has a passion that they want to pursue, it's you take that little step. And for me, this was a big step. There were little steps and big steps in this whole process. And you take that big step and you get that confidence and that assurance you need. And you also figure out along the way that, hey, that wasn't that bad. I can keep doing it. I can keep stepping out. And so now I definitely still get nerves. I still get nervous. And I think you get nervous when you're passionate about something and because you care and you want to do a good job. But for me, the voice definitely gave me that confidence. And now I can step into other high pressure situations, step into playing a gig or playing an event, or I can step on stage leading worship. And even though I still may have those butterflies, I can step out knowing that this is something that I've been called to do. And I genuinely enjoy doing it. I have so much fun doing it. And if you can rest your head at night and know I'm doing exactly what I've been created to do, that's just the most fulfilling feeling. And I want that feeling for the rest of my life. One thing I want to touch on lastly is just there's never a wrong time to step out into your passion. You can start today. For me, I did feel very much like a cart before the horse so that I didn't have it all together. But what's so cool is you don't have to have everything in a row to be able to step out into your passion. Start today. Start small. Don't don't despise the small beginnings. You can step out at any time. Don't think you're too old or you're too young or you don't have what it takes. Just start today and you can always pursue a passion at any time. Just step out and do it and see what happens and watch what God can do through you just saying yes. What an awesome takeaway. Lindsay, people are going to want to keep up with you. So where can they follow you? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's been so much fun. And not only to be on a podcast, but be interviewed by my brother. So cool. And I can't wait to see more episodes and how this goes. But people can follow my journey on Instagram. I love to post on Instagram stories and on my posts. So you can follow me at Lindsay Elm. And I have two Y's in my name. So it's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-E-L-M. I'm Lindsay Elm on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also follow Lindsay Elm Music on Facebook. And I have my website as well, lindsayelm.com. And you have some music on Spotify, right? I do, and yes. And iTunes. So I released an EP uh, pretty quickly after I got off The Voice. It's on Spotify and iTunes. It's called Onward. You can go on there. And I also have a couple singles out as well. So go check them out. And I hope that you're inspired and encouraged by music and It's music with a positive message, so I hope it brings some joy to your day. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on Groundwork. If you could hear the virtual applause that the audience is giving right now, I'm sure they are cheering, and they're so excited, and I'm so excited about what God's going to do in your future. So thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Groundwork. If you feel so inclined, leave us a positive review on iTunes. I would love to hear your thoughts. Also, if you have a friend that you think would benefit from listening to these types of conversations, send them a link to our podcast. It's awesome to grow this little family together. So thanks again for listening. I will catch you next time on a brand new episode of Groundwork. Be well, friends. Be well, friends.